a wise man once said, Words are, in my not-so-humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic. That wise man, of course, being Albus Dumbledore. This is The Brand Muffin, the show for all things creative branding, all thoughtfully explored and tastefully debated. The audio watermark goes here. Along with Josh Forstott, I'm Ian Koff. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of The Brand Muffin. Before we dive in, you guys know the drill by now. Be a part of the show, record a voice memo, email it to thebrandmuffinpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to our listeners for your feedback and support. And now, Josh, I'm going to turn it over to you because today we are talking about copy and copywriting, and you've told me to strap in. Yes. So strap so in, baby. Have, have at it, man. All right. So, as our resident copywriter, happy to be here. Happy, I'm happy that you are here <laughs> for this. And this is this has been a topic that I am so excited to dive into. And for once, I don't think we're on opposite sides here. But I, but it wouldn't be me, and it wouldn't be you if I don't provoke you a little bit. <laughs> so, without further ado. This whole episode is going to be all about copy. Yeah. And the relationship copy has to art and where it resides in the agency world, maybe how clients see it, feel it, hear it. I don't know. But what I what I wanted to first ask was cuz I want to set the table on a couple of things. Background, what drew you to copy? Well, a wise man once said, words are, in my not-so-humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic. That Mm. wise man, of course, being Albus Dumbledore. (laughs) And We will fact-check that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And and I think that 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 quote um, really sums up what it is about copy that I love so much, which is its ability to ensnare people's imagination. Um, mm. it, 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 of course, it relates to the idea of storytelling. And, and if, if anybody that knows me knows I hate that word. I hate how that word has been co-opted by our industry because what began as a really great way to explain what it is we do has become so overused that it has lost the intrinsic value of the idea of storytelling as a concept, right? Mm. So when you when I hear agencies say, oh, we're great storytellers, I'm like, oh, geez, like yeah. everybody says that. Um, but the idea, the core of that really rings true. At the heart of a story are the is the words. And when I was coming out of school and trying to decide where I wanted to focus my career, I loved the idea that I could be part of steering people's decision-making, being a part of of what people decide they want to be a part of or invest in or support or purchase or whatever it is. And that all kind of went back to to copy. Now, I am a terrible designer. I have 
always struggled with visual mediums. Like my stick figures look like rocks. Like it's like I, I can't draw to save my life. So I knew I was never going to be on the visual side of creation. Which, okay, but Ian, I think that what you just said is really important in the conversation that happens inside of the agency walls. And it's, and I think it's, it needs to be spoken to because you are not a bad designer or art director. You just don't use the same tools that I use. I'd agree with that. And, okay. and I think like, you know, at this stage in my career as a creative director, yeah. I oversee design. Right. So stop saying that you're a bad designer. From an art direction standpoint, you're fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, and that's it. Like, I'm not a bad designer. I'm not a designer. Okay. Like, period. So, Fair. So I, I don't have the tools sure. at my disposal to build from the ground up. Okay, that's fair. What I find fascinating about this ongoing debate about art and copy goes all the way back, you know, back to when account directors would, you know, go to the, you know, top floor or bottom floor and they go into copy and they're like, I need a headline. Yep. They get the headline, then they go to the next floor and give it to the give it to the creatives or the 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 design team right right and right. i know and, you're going with this but yes continue. and <laughs> and now it's so and now we're in this so that's that's how we i, I truly believe that's how we got here mm-hmm. because copy is writing blind they don't they they weren't paying it they weren't in need of paying attention to like how it was being delivered what it was, it was just here's the headline mm-hmm. The designers got it. They took whatever they they were given, slapped it into a layout, ran it. Yep. So not until Bill Birnbach decided to marry copy and creative and put these people in the same room, was there ever that, you know, opportunity? And I find that wild, but... We still kind of do that today. I think that there are so many times where, even though we're all sitting in the same room, there's a division between copy and, 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 and here, I just did it. I just said you it, did. copy and you creative. Did. Right. And right. it got me into thinking, what comes first, design or copy? The answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Well, so in in the perfect world, yes, um, and and you said it like historically, copy and I'm calling it design, perfect, have existed in silos. Like they they were originally individual disciplines where one would one would begin, it would hand off to the other, they would get merged. Maybe there'd be some tweaking, and then you'd have your product and you'd bring it to the client. And the mentality of that exists today. Because of, you know, you just said it. Creative, as, as, a, as a word, is usually described in people's minds to describe the design. Right, the visual. And so, like, what are the creatives working on? What are they designing? What are they building? What are they prototyping? Right? Like, it's not, what are they writing? Like, mm-hmm. that's copy. That is its own division. And good shops, good agencies have learned that that division is a liability to the outcome of of the pro of the project. 
they they need to be working in tandem together uh, if you want the best outcome. Uh, you need your designers and your copywriters sitting together, thinking about it, mm-hmm. figuring out what is the right solve here. Mm-hmm. And depending on the project and the need and the specs and the brief, <laughs> um, determining who takes lead. Okay. Because sometimes, sometimes design does. Sometimes it is all about the visual impact first and foremost, and the words are going to be secondary. And other times it's going to be completely reversed. And there's no right answer. It really has to be evaluated on a case-by-case basis, but always the open-mindedness to evaluate it on that case-by-case basis has to be there. Like you can't, you can't decide, okay, at our shop, everything starts with the copy deck and then it goes to the design team. If that's, if that's your MO every single time, you're going to miss the mark half the time. doesn't mean you're not going to get good work out of it, but it does mean that you might not get the best work out of it. And so if you want to give yourself the, the, the best opportunity, mm-hmm. your designers and your copywriters need to view themselves as one cohesive creative team and at the onset, sit down, pick the brief apart, think about what it is you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. and decide for this moment who should start. In the world that we're living in now, with with the volume of content that a, a user consumes, is content more or less valuable? Like, or copy, sorry. Is it more or less valuable? Because I, when I watch like user behavior and I watch how my son, you know, scrolls through, through media, mm-hmm. yep. they don't read the fucking copy. So, no. And, and so I would say less copy is more valuable. Less copy is more valuable. Yeah. Fucking co- break that down for me, baby. <laughs> so, so <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, as a copywriter, uh, people want as little of what you have to offer as possible. Because like you said, nobody wants to read. People want to watch. People want to listen. People want to engage. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants to look at a page that is filled with words and go top to bottom. So if it's an ad, if it's a, a one pager, if it's an insert, if it's a web page, if it's something that has a product message focus or a service message focus, mm-hmm. nobody wants to read. And so mm-hmm. as a copywriter, your job is to engage as quickly as possible in as little material as possible. Because the more words it takes for you to get your point across, the more opportunity you have to lose them along the way. So you're, so yeah, that, I mean, again, I love this because this proves to me why I hate, I hate the, the task of what copywriters are, are tasked with. I think it, what do you mean you hate it? It's, it's so handcuffed. I look at copy as, as an art and I, I, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I say that. And that's why I brought up how, how people are consuming media these days that someone that's writing social content or social copy, I, like 
I'm going to probably get slammed. They're not, they're not ad writers. They're, that's a diff, that to me is just like blog writers or people that write novels. These aren't, it's not creative. Um, it's not, it's not going to be consumed in the same way as like an ad to me. And mm. because I, I, I don't think people are going to stop to, to pay attention. Well, that's, I think I know what you mean, but, but I would challenge it in that the ask is the same, even though it's a different medium and it's a different length and whatever mm-hmm. it is, if you're comparing a social ad to a, you know, a full page display in a magazine or something, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you, the, the ask is the same. You need to get your audience to feel something or think something so that they do something. Sure. And, and the only constraint is, is the character count. You know, I'm using that as an example. If you've got a certain number of of words to use for like an Instagram post or a Facebook post or whatever, Mm -hmm. that's a byproduct of the medium um, and the medium having understood that its users as they're as they are consuming medium here only have a certain amount of patience. Right. Like they they, like they've learned that people aren't going to scroll pages and pages and pages worth of of copy on a post. So they cap it so that you have to get your point across in a short amount of time. But, but the the point I'm trying to make is it's still the same exercise. I but see, I disagree because I feel like I feel like social social is siloed. I see it all the time where I can see like a like an amazing ad, like or a, a visual. Call it a visual okay. for Under Armour or Nike. There's a, a a killer image of an athlete. Okay, and I keep going. That like. The, the ability for that image to make someone pause enough to then want to read, I feel like what social content has done is it's relying so heavy on the visual and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. copy is, the copy becomes throwaway. Uh, I see what you're saying now. Okay. Where I, where I miss, I, I love the marriage. I love when it when it merges together. I feel like social is just like find something cool that's got some stopping power. You get the tap, you fucking move on. You know. Okay. Yeah. So so I think I think that's more of an incrimination of the platform than it is okay. of the of like the disciplines of design or, or copy. Okay. Because because and someone should fact check me on this. I think like next door, if you're running an ad on next door, okay, the image it's like it's just an image like there's like it doesn't allow you to have any kind of text in the image it it, you know it's just it's it's just a pure just a visual and then you've got a headline and maybe a little block of something underneath and i think maybe what is frustrating to you is as a consumer Mm -hmm. you respond most when you're presented with a layout that really merges the two where words and design are living in the same space and you are perceiving a concept you have an idea that's being presented to you because because there is a headline that is visually tied you know location wise sure to to the visual it's not sitting underneath the visual you know okay. it's doing something in terms of its pl- the, the words are are placed in such a way yeah that not only do the words say what they say but they become even more powerful because of how they are arranged on the page in relation yep. to the visuals fair and that's and that's the marriage yep so i think in a lot of instances yeah social media is is not is not a great place for copy because one 
you know, social media is a place where people's attention spans are super limited. Right. And the copy itself usually doesn't exist organically with the visual. So how is a copywriter, how is an agency supposed, how do we work within that? Because our, the ask from our clients is no different. It's, you know, we need, we need a, we need a graphic Mm -hmm. with, with, Mm -hmm. you know, language and the same amount of effort is going into you writing that, the copy that goes into the, into the bottom of the post, no different than writing an ad, but it's, it's not ever being seen. I I don't know. I want to know how, like, maybe it's, maybe it's just that we're forced into this platform or like these brands are kind of injecting themselves into these platforms where they really don't belong, but they're just kind of hijacking our attention. And I don't know, maybe I'm, I I don't know. I, but I, I just feel like I hear from our clients a lot, like, you know, we're, we're developing content for social and, and copy is a big portion of it. And a lot of time is put into that and no one fucking reads it. It's like, you could put nothing there and it would still fucking get the same (laughs) amount of clicks. And I get, and again, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be here for my copywriter. Yeah, no, that, I was just going to say, like, I feel I feel like you are, you're like standing up for the little guy right now. You're I'm like, trying. let's give the copywriters their, their fair uh, props like, because they're not getting it here. Right. So but like, le- but oh, let, me, let me, yeah. okay. When, when you point out that in traditional social media, which I can't believe is like an idea now, like that's how far <laughs> we've come, mm-hmm. um, you know, traditional social media, meaning Here's the visual and the copies underneath, and that's kind sure. of the layout. Um, if that is the ask, right, mm-hmm. then you've probably missed the mark on what is the client trying to really fix. This goes right. back to our conversation about the brief and maybe initial discovery conversations you have with the client. Because the client oftentimes, I mean, this is kind of what clients do. They come to us saying, I need blank. And a lot of times the agencies give you the scope of work for what it's going to take to do that instead of saying, what is the problem? Let's, let's take right. it all the way back to what, what it, what's your state of play today? What do you hope to achieve with engaging with us at the end of this? And if social is a part of that um, solution, then this starts to bring us into another kind of area that I love as an individual which is video content, rich media content, Mm. which is the preferred use of social media now. Because, you know, people, they don't want to look at pictures anymore, right? If you go on Instagram, you're going straight to the reels because it's, you know, it's it's like a pull from TikTok where people are making videos. And what's so great about video content is it organically, this is why people watch movies. You're telling a story with visuals and it's not happening you know visuals on one side of the screen words on the other everything is is combined Uh, yeah subtitles being a separate (laughs) part of that but yes you know what i'm saying right yeah for sure so when people make make reels even though they don't necessarily think about it this way they are marrying Mm. copy with design with with video with animation with illustration like they're taking visual art and and word art and they're putting the two together. And that's the best use of social media as a platform for messaging. If you can tell a story Mm. in 30 seconds by letting people watch and listen to you instead of look at you and read you, you've got a much 
more engaging project uh, product. Uh, and as a copywriter, when I get to write for rich media, when mm. I do a 30 second commercial, when I do a 30 second digital spot, mm -hmm. um, that's a blast because I know that I can be thinking about my words, not just from how are they going to look on the page, but what kind of music are they going to be set to? What kind of mm. a visual landscape are they going to be a part of? And then you, you start to think about how, does, how do we leverage copy in the best way for this overall medium? That's interesting. I think you just kind of, for me, illustrated the, the bridge from copywriter to art director, where... Mm where I f literally for the first time listened to a copywriter explain how, yeah, like you can go from this, you know, writing copy, writing copy to now in this medium, you're writing copy as you're listening in your head to music and seeing how a character interacts with camera or another person. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing the whole movie play out. And, and the yep. importance of your words, timing, tone, all of those things that are so critical from mm -hmm. a writing standpoint. And what's really this – is, this is like really rad for me right now. I'm getting excited. It's, it, it's beautiful because I think oftentimes when, when I get copy – like when I get a headline for you know a website page or something like that. It's words, and it becomes really difficult to see the tone, feel <laughs> it. Like, and I think that's what I've always loved about movies, you know. I, but again, I've always seen it as the art side, you know. I, I've always seen it yep. as I've, I see it as art, not language. I just I feel like you know, I don't know. So so, but you know, before we we started you know recording today, we were talking mm -hmm. just briefly about TV, and mm -hmm. and and certain shows that that we that we love because of the writing. Yeah, for sure. And the impact of the writing. If you're doing a table read for one of these shows, yeah. um, that is more impactful than if you're just reading it as a script, and less impactful than if you're watching it as a fully produced spot. So, so you start with like just the words, then you bring people into a room and you start speaking the words. Then you put those people in front of a camera and you start filming those words mm -hmm. and you are elevating the quality of the story at, at each, at each phase. And this, this is something that I, I've thought about a lot in terms of how copywriters perceive their craft and their role. Like from my perspective and, and chime in here, cause I don't want to speak for the design community, but I've always thought of designers as being very open-minded and excited to the idea that there are new tools and technologies emerging for design all mm -hmm. the time, right? Yes. Like what, yeah. what the Adobe Creative Suite allows you to, to do today versus five or 10 years ago is dramatically different. And designers yeah. are always super fired up to like see what's new. What's the new tech? What are the new features? What is, what, what, what am I going to be enabled to do? It's not about what the technology can do. It's what's, what it's going to let me do. And that's what's so mm -hmm. exciting. Mm -hmm. Writers are like, I use Microsoft Word. I've been in it since right. 1985. 
right. it's basically the exact same piece of software. I write my words and I press the save button and I give the the document to to whomever. Fair. And 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 maybe that's fair, but I feel like that like copywriters are hamstringing themselves with that mentality. Mm. Um and and what I have tried to do in my career is to look at how to apply the use of words to different mediums. Copywriters historically just wrote the words and then the right. words were given to another department and they were the ones who who used them. Shove it in. And there. now I'm like, I'm thinking like, no, copywriters, you need to be proud of the raw material that you are crafting and you should be part of that conversation that that decides what do we do with it how mm-hmm. how do we bring these words th- that are in in calibri type 12 point on a double space document how do we pull I, them out I'm, of that i'm dying inside right now as you say and and <laughs> and how do we and how do we translate that to to the the final project because that's you know traditionally that's all that's been the design exercise like here Josh I'm going to give you this copy deck you bring it to life and and yeah and a lot of copywriters are okay just kind of being like great that's that's my role I'm proud of the words and I, and I trust right. and I trust the the design team to do its job and this is why I I advocate for copy and design working so closely together because mm-hmm. you as the designer you did not write the words so you don't have like the tone in your head that is intended mm-hmm. by the writer and that needs to be a conversation. I don't want to just give you the words. I want to talk to you about these words so you understand my vantage point so that you're able to do what you do to the best of your ability to understand the intent okay. and to have a dialogue because just because I wrote it and this is how I view it doesn't necessarily mean that like... I'm the end all be all of it. I, I want to get your interpretation. I want to get your ideas. Right. And maybe by us talking about it together, we can elevate it even further. And I think that there's a sen- there's a sensitivity issue there. Because I think there and I and I've seen it across And an agencies. ego thing too, I'm sure. There's an ego and sensitivity, for sure. Because I I I truly believe that um and that I think is on the agency because I think when you go back to what Birnbach did was he found he created teams that he knew could work together and there's a respect there like if you and I are mm-hmm. working on something me telling you that I fucking hate that line or it's like it just is it's too long whatever it is whatever my feedback is it's not personal it's it's something we you and I have to work through and I find yep. in too many places where it's like if the creative director, if the creative director is a copywriter and hands the line down, it's been etched. It's etched in stone. Make it work. And now now one of the things that I wanted to throw out here is Greek. <laughs> do you like uh-huh. this or not because i have an opinion here because i i'm going to tell you straight out of the gate yep what i and, and maybe this will get you going because as everybody knows on the podcast ian is so even and just 
calm. But I can take most assignments and put a visual together to to create a look and feel. And I can just Mm -hmm. slap Greek in there. And I can get the client to buy in without Mm -hmm. looking at language, words, whatever. Yep. And And then I just say, hey, like... Sure, the the word count, Ian, is, you know, whatever, 30 characters, you know, 120 characters, 60 characters, you know, um, you know, in my layout, clients already approved it. They love the look and feel, but you can't use a word that has more than eight letters in it. Well, if you're hoping to piss me off, I think you're going to have to try harder than that. Fuck. Because (laughs) because I I think that. There is absolutely a time and place for it. And I think that the Ooh. times and places that they're used are usually correct. All right. I, I, so as an example, if you yes. are working on a, on a website build for a client and you're trying to get them to buy into, you know, two different, trying to choose between two different look and feels for the site. Sure. Yep. You know as well as I do that as soon as you put anything on the page that they're familiar with, like if it's their content or their yeah. or, or or pieces of, of they're going to grab onto that. They're going to focus and fixate on the words when right. you don't want them to do that. Right. But if you didn't have anything on the page that resembled copy, mm-hmm. it would be too empty, and the client wouldn't be able to to get a good understanding of where you're trying to go. So Greek exists in that, in that purgatory where layout matters, words don't. Messaging doesn't. At this stage in the project, the messaging doesn't matter. And at, for okay. certain projects and at certain phases, that's okay. absolutely the case. And that's where, that's where Greek is, is great. And then it's really funny because you can get like pirate Greek or coffee house Greek or hipster Greek. Hipster like Greek. You, can just, you know, you, like there are all these, these new ones yeah. that have come out now where you can just throw some stuff in there and, and people just have a little fun chuckling at it as they're looking, which yeah. just makes the experience better. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if, if you have and it, like where this is coming from, like if, if you have put Greek in and you've had copywriters be like, no, we should have a good headline here. And, and this needs to because it all it depends on what phase of the project is in. But, yeah, I I don't have a problem with Greek. I, you know, it's okay. used all the time. Yeah. All right. Sorry. All right. <laughs> you, you want to talk. Let's talk about the Oxford comma. You want to piss me off. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> are you pro so oh no. no no i am i am firmly opposed oxford commas are like olives people are either <laughs> super forum or can't fucking stand them like no I, I've, I, I've never met anybody who's like eh, i don't really care and here's the thing here's the thing about about the oxford comma just like greek uh-huh. i believe that it has its place i believe that it absolutely belongs in legal documents where in that world, mm-hmm. you have to have everything buttoned up to a T, and there are drastic consequences if you don't. The language has to be locked tight. There's mm-hmm. no room for interpretation. And, and, and if things need to be that you know, ironclad, mm-hmm. then, then it is the prudent thing to include the Oxford comma so there is no debate as to your, your intended meaning of, of the phrase. Other than that... 
Unless it's confusing, leave the comma out. You just don't need it. It's extraneous punctuation. Yep. Your intended meaning has been conveyed. Right. And, and people are like, going to read it how they want to read if it and well but they're the good, but, and 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 like I'm just like people say oh you have to have it so people aren't confused and I'm like look at it for what it is would you be confused without it <laughs> right right if Fair. you're not then take it out I love that you don't need it <laughs> I love that and I get into really heated passionate we'll call them discussions mm-hmm. with with people who are firmly entrenched on the on the other side of of the of the mountain but I just, I want to expect more from my audience. I, I don't, I don't want to have to to assume that everybody reading this is an idiot. Yeah, and so they have to have a comma in there, or they're not going to know what I mean. Right. Well, that goes. So, but that and that kind of gets us into <laughs> like, and I like this. But so, where do you stand on like breaking the rules in language for the sake of like grammar and punctuation, grammar punctuation? Like because yep. as designers, we love we love to do that. That is something that is. I think is a true fucking talent for writers because you guys are shape shifting from trying to use grammar and language properly because you don't want the brand to sound stupid, but you got to convey tone. And sometimes you've yes. got to, you have to do that. And when and where, I, I don't know. Like, I think that, you know, I can, I can play with look and feel all day long <laughs> <laughs> and a client can look at a, a, a an ad and be like, "I fucking hate this," simply because they yep. don't like the they don't like the language, and we're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> so, so, it's I love that that you brought this up. Um, there are a couple pieces to it. Okay. First off, um, every brand has a different voice, and and you know, as a writer, you have to set aside your ego to say, "I need to shapeshift." And I have to mold what I write into the voice that has been established for this brand. Even if it's not the voice I would use if I were just writing, Mm -hmm. it has to align. So once you have kind of internally acknowledged, all right, I'm writing in in this style. Then if that style demands a break from you know what they would have taught you in elementary school in terms of punctuation and Mm -hmm. sentence structure. 100% you do it. For example, uh, anybody that knows me knows that I am a prolific user of the M-dash. Oh, I love an M-dash. Right. I use M-dashes in order to create more conversational phrasing that some people might look at and see, well, this is a run-on sentence. Because you've got a a clause here, you've got a clause here, you've got these lines separating them, but there's not a period for like eight miles. Mm. And, but it's and they a design not, element, and they may and they may not be wrong, mm. but yes, it is a design element. It's meant to visually break up the messaging so that your your audience has a natural place to pause. Mm-hmm. But it can also be used, and 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 it can and is used in conjunction with commas to break up those those phrases so that you're not just using the same punctuation over and over. So it's a design element, but the intended use of them is not is not to allow you to just, you know, keep saying stuff without breaking. It is to allow you to say things in the way that the brand would speak to its audience. Mm. So so you, the use of of punctuation, of certain phrases, of clause structure, of syntax, all these things 
as a copywriter, you have to be aware of. Mm. But your but but your your priority, your allegiance is to the brand. You know, over the grammar police, yeah. uh, over over what what a legal department might look at and say, oh, this it just I don't doesn't look like you know right. it should. For me, actually, that's a lot of fun. I love getting into those types of dialogues with other members of the the agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when they start looking at something and and it it doesn't necessarily look the way that they think it should look, and I usually like to say, "All right, let me read it to you." Mm. And and usually, more times than not, at least, that brings people around. Oh, that's interesting um, because. Because they're looking at it, but right. they're not listening to it. They're in their, analyzing in their head. the actual word versus they're, they're, what they're is just it look, delivering. What's the and delivery? that is, and that that brings us all the way back to, you know, the, what I do is is put Calibri font size eleven or twelve on a white piece of paper, and I give it to somebody, and there's no context there, hmm. and and so my job isn't done until the person or the team that is going to be receiving that document understands the context. So we're going to be talking tone. We're going to be talking why the punctuation is there. We're going to be talking about how it's going to be used in, in layout. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, as a copywriter, your job is not done when you, when you write the end. Your job is just starting. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think that your job is done, you're like, great, let me get to the next assignment. You're you're setting up the team for less than ideal. Doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. You're not yeah. a bad copywriter. Yeah. But, you know, take take more pride in the outcome of the words because those words are are that's the power. Like that's the message. That's the thing that's going to hook the audience. You need mm-hmm. to care how those words get leveraged beyond you just putting them on the page. Yep. So let me ask you, why do copywriters get so ass hurt when they have to, ref- like, it's too long or this, this word is too, it doesn't fit. Like they hold, they hold on to this, I, this, what they've written and it's the world against them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, it's so much of what we talk about comes back to ego. Okay. And I think that, that that's part of it here. But I also think that in this instance, that ego perhaps has been fueled by working in an, in an environment that perhaps doesn't equate copy and design to the same degree of importance. Hmm. Like, you know, if, if the agency or, the, or the, the, the marketing team that you're a part of, what, what have you, seems to be a design-centric place. Yeah and copy is secondary, then already I feel like a second-class citizen. Totally. And, For and, sure. and so, that, so that's going to fester inside me. And then when somebody says to me, now I need, you know, I don't like this. This yeah. isn't going to work for me. Yeah. You know, you're just, then that's, you're then that's just, yeah, you're just, you're just, you know, putting salt in the wound. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I've met a lot of writers who have that mentality, and usually they're working in places that, that's, yeah. that don't, that don't equalize copy and design in the creative process. A hundred percent. And that's so important. You know, like 
we'll talk, I'm sure, in another That's episode about say. about how to how to construct your creative team properly, mm-hmm. so that everybody you know, is doing what they do in full support of one another and in collaboration with one another. Agreed. But that's a topic for a separate, yeah. a, a separate I mean, and day. That's, and again, but that's, this is why, but this is why, yeah. you know, the, your, your, your riders get all persnickety Ooh, because, good Look at that. because there it is. There <laughs> in so many instances, they're just used to being treated like second class citizens. And, you know, and to them, I would say, guys, if you're working or ladies, if you're working somewhere, Mm-hmm. Where you feel like that, go somewhere else. You're probably right. First off, you know you're right that you that you're that's right how to feel that way. Feel that yeah. way. Totally. Yeah. Not that not that you're right that that you are. It's. Yeah. I, I was gonna say. I think that we'll get into this probably in another episode about young creatives or creatives looking to grow in their career. It's the value of going to a place like as a writer or a creative. Like, make sure you're finding a place where you're valued, where they understand we're looking for, we understand the power of creative writing and creative thinking and writing to solve problems, Um, which gets me to, I think, kind of in closure, the merge of art and copy starts at the very beginning. It's it, it. And, and again, it's like, it comes from the brief and how art and copy come together to concept, to be creative, yeah. to solve a problem. I would just end by saying copy is creative. Full stop. Be kind to your copywriters. <laughs> give them, give them their, their due. They're not better or more important than design, but they are not lesser than. And all of it has to work together to get you where you need to go. Spoken well. Spoken well. Like a true copywriter. Like a true copywriter. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. I think that's going to wrap us up for episode four. Thanks again, as always. And we'll see you next time on The Brand Muffin. The audio watermark goes here. Watermark goes here.